It had been years since I've seen Charles Jerome. As I studied his pale, drawn face, I was shocked to see how much he's changed. His warm smile had disappeared, and its place was a tight grimace. His eyes that once sparkled happily were sad and bloodshot, encircled by tired lines. Hi, I'm Mike Nato. <laughs> Knowing what's right doesn't mean much unless you do what's right. I would rather be a little nobody than to be an evil somebody. Life is a fight, but not everyone is a fighter. Scene one, Apple, take one. So sit back, grab onto your chair, and listen to the story of the Ventriloquist's Dummy! Charles, you old son of a gun. How are you? I've been looking high and low for you. Larry? Larry Douglas? Come in, come in. Charles stepped back and I entered his hotel room. I looked around. The place was bare except for an iron bed and a broken chest of drawers. I couldn't believe my eyes. How did you find me, Larry? Your old agent told me where you were living. I didn't know things were so bad with you, Charlie. Charles Jerome had been a famous ventriloquist ten years before. He'd been a star. His act had been fantastic. His dummy had been so lifelike. No one had ever seen his lips move. He'd been acclaimed by audiences wherever he performed. Uh, I'm not working anymore, Larry. Yes, your old agent told me. He said you refused all offers. He said you retired. Charles nodded. I looked at his hand, his left hand, the hand he'd used to manipulate his dummy. Retired, yeah, you can call it that. If you retire, Charles, then why do you still keep your hand in the glove? Just force a habit, I guess. Tell me, Charles, do you still have Morty, your dummy? Charles stared at me for a moment. Then his glance shot across the room to a battered suitcase in the corner. Oh, I see. I thought so. Now is he the- Don't touch that suitcase! I stopped in my tracks. Charles' voice had a wild, frightened ring in it. Oh, of course not, Charles. If you'd rather I wouldn't, now let's get down to business. I've come to offer you a job. A job? But I told you, I'm, I'm not working anymore. Look, Charles. I'm the entertainment director for a big resort hotel in the mountains. This can mean a lot to you. They can put you back on top, if they like you. What do you say? I have a spot for you this weekend. No, no, I won't do it. I'm through performing. I'm through! As I drove back upstate, I kept thinking of Charles Jerome. He'd fallen a long way. I remembered him back in those years when he thrilled audiences, had them rolling in the aisles. You were great tonight, Charles. You mean Morty here was great, Larry? Charles always referred to Morty as though it were a real person. Certainly the dummy behaved that way. It was incredible the way Charles used to manipulate it. And although I used to think it was just a publicity stunt, Charles guarded that manipulating hand well. Why, Charles, why do you always wear that heavy woolen mitten? My hand is my fortune. I gotta protect it. 
I'd been Charles' agent back in those years. When I'd gotten an offer out in Hollywood, I sold his account. That was the last I'd seen of him, although I followed his career in the trade papers. Hmm, what's this? Charles Jerome leaves show after mysterious death of a dancer on the same bill? It was after that death that Charles had begun his downward slide. The girl had been attacked, it seemed, by a horde of rats. Look, nothing else could have ripped her up like that. I heard little about him after that. Then when I'd taken the job as entertainment director for the White League Hotel... We want top-rate entertainment, Larry. Out of the ordinary talent. I think I know one act you'll like. I booked the acts I needed, and then I looked up Charles. Now I was driving back to the hotel with the spot still open for next weekend. Maybe he'll change his mind. I'll give him a little time to think it over. Charles, you came. I'm so happy. Yeah, I hope the spot's still open, Larry. There was a strange look in Charles' eyes as he stood before my desk. He seemed to be staring right through me. Of, of course, Charles. The spot is yours. I'll arrange for your room. That's good of you, Larry. Charles' mitted hand hung at his side. In his other hand, he clutched his suitcase containing Morty, his dummy. What made you change your mind, Charles? Why, I just decided to come out of retirement, that's all. A bellhop knocked and entered. Take Mr. Jerome to the entertainer's cottage. And give him a nice room. Yes, sir. Right this way, sir. I watched out of my office window in the recreation hall as Charles moved down the walk, clutching his suitcase, following the bellhop. His feet seemed to drag and he staggered a little. Poor fellow. Probably took a few shots of liquor to bolster himself. Ah, he'll be alright. Just as soon as the curtain opens. That night, since it was the weekend, the recreational hall was jammed and the show moved along smoothly. Then it came time for Charles' act. I saw him standing in the wings holding Morty, his familiar dummy, as the announcer introduced him. And now, and now for the first for performance, performance anywhere, 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 after 10 after years of retirement, retirement, the world famous ventriloquist, Mr. Charles Jerome and Morty! Charles came out on the stage with Morty seated in the crook of his right arm. There was some scattered applause from those who remembered the great man in his prime. Morty began to eye the audience, looking from face to face. Oh my, look how cute he is. He looks real. Like a live boy. Suddenly Morty stopped. His glance had fallen upon a rather attractive young woman seated near him. He winked slyly and quipped. I'll see you tonight, honey, after the show. It was the perfect thing to say. The audience howled. And you know the crowd that frequents a resort like that. Women on vacation looking for rich husbands, men hunting for wealthy wives. It always ends up like a rat race with everyone lying to everyone else. Anyway, they loved Charles 
and his dummy. So, Mr. Jerome, you know a better way to study astronomy? <laughs> They're a scream! After the show, I went backstage to congratulate Charles on his wonderful performance. He outdone himself. He manipulated Morty better than ever before. Mr. Jerome? Why, well, he left the hall as soon as he came off stage. Oh. Well, he must have gone back to the entertainer's cottage. I moved down the walk to the cottage. Back at the hall, the guests were pouring out of the exits. Their laughters drifting across the night air towards me. I could hear Charles' name referred to in the babbles of conversation. Wow, they liked him. The cottage door slammed behind me, and the silence closed in as I stood in the semi-darkness. I gazed down the corridor at the six doors. Now, which one is Charles? Suddenly, the blood froze in my veins. Voices exploded from behind one of the doors. Loud voices, heated with anger. Charles, using his normal voice, was arguing with himself. Using Morty's voice? No. I heard. I'm not going to let you. Yes, you will. I'll make you. You're too weak to stop me. Shut up. You can't handle yourself. You can't handle anything. Stop talking. Stop talking to me, you filthy creature. You wouldn't even know what to do with me. Oh, are you tired? Do you want to go to sleep? You look tired. Stop it. Lord, help me stop it. I stood outside the door for a moment, listening to the ravings. Good lord, he's out of his mind. He's fighting with that dummy over the girl in the audience. I knocked, yelling stopped abruptly. I heard a short whimper, and then Charles opened the door. His eyes were red as though he'd be crying. I, I, I wanted to congratulate you, Charles. The audience loved you. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. I'm tired. I, I have to go to bed now, so uh, I won't invite you in. Charles closed the door, and I stood there feeling foolish. I shrugged and returned to the rec hall. There was some work I had to do before I could go to bed. Later, as I sat at my desk... What was that? I rushed outside. It was pitch black. I ran down towards the lake in the direction of the screen. I tripped over something soft lying in the path. And went sprawling when I lit a match. Oh my god. A woman. She's dead. Ripped to pieces as if she's been attacked by a small sharp-toothed animal. By... by rats. Good lord. It was the same woman that Charles had more equipped to. I thought of the dancer that had died the same way ten years ago. I rushed to the cottage and flung open Charles' door. Charles? He's gone. The suitcase containing Charles' dummy sat on the floor in the corner. I moved towards it. I had to see. I threw back the lid. What the? What's this? The dummy has no head. I stared down at the headless ventriloquist dummy. I couldn't understand it. Then I saw other things in the suitcase. Makeup? The suitcase has makeup in it?
A shot from the hotel kitchen drew my attention. I rushed across the grass and onto the porch. The chef stood wide-eyed, waving his arms. What happened? He take my cleaver, he steal my cleaver, the ventriloquist. I looked around, a mitten lay on the floor at my feet. I picked it up. It was covered with blood. Suddenly I heard Charles' voice coming from behind some bushes. I'm gonna get rid of you once and for all. No, you hideous don't, fiend. Don't. You little beast. It's no use. I'm freeing myself. No. For good. No. Charles, I'm sorry. Don't. Ah! Morty's scream was cut short as the cleaver fell. A nauseating, fanged head, shriveled and ugly, rolled to my feet. Oh my god. I'm rid of you. I'm rid of you. Charles pitched forward and fell. His left hand had been severed at the wrist. Now I knew why he'd always worn that mitten. Instead of a left hand, a hideous head had grown from his wrist. I had to do it, Larry. Ten years ago, he killed that dancer. He took over my body and killed her. He killed her. You're bleeding, Charles. I've got to get you to a doctor. When I was a child, they said I had a deformed hand. But as I grew up, that horrible head developed. Soon it opened its wicked eyes and began to talk. It talked. I became a ventriloquist. He used it as a dummy. Well, that explains the realistic movements Morty always had. <sighs> then it began to take control of my body while I slept. I had to retire from show business. I kept that head drugged. But you came and offered me work. I needed money so bad. I took it. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop it. I... I... I'll go get a doctor, Charles. I'll be right back. I tied a crude tourniquet on Charles' wrist and rushed off. When I got back, Charles was dead. He'd been torn to shred. The severed head laid nearby. The head, it wasn't quite dead. With its last thread of life, it attacked Charles. They destroyed each other. <sighs> Thank you for joining me in my rendition of the ventriloquist dummy from Tales of the Crypt, issue 12. 1951. Scare you later. Good night.